How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. Buddy, what a weekend. Great a weekend. weekend. It's a great weekend. You know, you know what What makes me happy on Tuesday episodes um, are, are the weekend. You know, we come in here, right? Usually when it's not football season. Yeah, I was going to say. Because football, se- football so that's season. Really predicated by the Cowboys. Right, football season we come in, and the last couple years, right, we've we've had some some good you know good Mondays and some dub day Mondays as we do in, in the football season. But when the Cowboys have lost and have given us misery for our Sunday, you know, we come on, we're a little down in the dumps, and then we're a little sad, you know. But it's not football season. The Cowboys can't hurt us. They can't so, do it to us. So we enjoyed a great weekend of college basketball, where March Madness is finally over. I know it's sad, it's, but a great tournament. Nonetheless, uh, we'll recap it all today and then recap UConn's insanely dominant NCAA tournament run and an absolutely dominated championship game. Who called it? Um, uh, it, You did. You did call it. You did. And, I mean, UConn UConn really showed that they were the best team in the tournament, best team in college basketball this this year, um, and it wasn't really close. And it was really fun to watch. This is a team who has multiple – NBA future, you know, uh, players in the league uh, and one of the great teams. And, you know, you got some of these guys that are leaving and you got still got, you guys guys that are staying, you know, well, they, not they, only staying, have... they have the fourth ranked class coming in. Mm-hmm. This, this is, you know, you can't going to be really year, good too. again. Oh, there. Yeah. listen, Dan, Dan Hurley is a great coach. I, I, yeah, really I, is. I really like him more and more. And he just, he's the kind of coach that I would gravitate to. 100%. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll do that, and then we'll also talk a little bit um, about LSU's win in the women's. Oh, uh, that's a lot to talk about. Was, did, did, I watched every second of that game. Yeah, you you watched it. You kept me updated as I yep. I cared about it, but mostly for the Caitlin Clark uh, you know legacy. And I saw they sure. lost, and you know I I wasn't as interested. But LSU definitely a dominating team, um, and they scored what 100 and something points to win that game. So Most that was, ever by a women's team in the in the championship game. Yeah, that was big as well. And we'll keep the basketball vibes going today with some NBA playoffs uh, talk as we're, what, four games away, five games yeah, away three, from three this regular season games. being over. So we'll keep an eye on the standings, break them down, um, and get into that. So we have a lot to talk about on today's episode. Let's get into it. Let's run. So before we get into our basketball-filled episode, we do have a major, major golf tournament this Let's weekend. I don't, know, I don't know if go. you heard. I don't oh, know, I know. If, if you know what's going on this weekend, but the Masters are this weekend. And uh, we get to thank God here, Jim Nance, uh, yes. once again, after he said that he was uh, retiring from announcing March Madness. Um, and just to get, make sure, he's just retiring from March Madness, right? He's not. I think so. Not from, yes. not from football, not from the Masters. We can't, I, I think from, so. we can't lose him and Romo, too, from, from football. We can't. So. Yeah. Really sad moment and just one of the great voices of all time. I mean, un, unreal. The, vo- the voice of the Final Four and, and, you know, March Madness. 
Um, so that, that was sad to see, but we get him back with the masters and we give you one minute of golf. Um, like we usually do. Well, look, the, the masters is my favorite tournament of the year, right? You cannot take anything away from the, the majesty of Augusta, right? right? I mean, that course is just impeccable. It, it's the Mecca in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And that amen corner, 15, 16 or whatever, you know, around that 15, 16, 17 area, like some of the hardest holes that you've ever played and some of the most just the coolest visuals that you'll ever see. Right. Look, Scotty Scheffler is, of course, uh, you know, projected, you know, to be the top draw. But, you know, this is a wide open field and you have the live guys playing in it. Yep. You know, so the, the controversy continues, you know, they, they're still working out that whether or not they can play in these these types of majors. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's absolutely amazing to see how good of a field this is. Plus we get tiger, you know, plus we get, you know, the craziness of like a, you know, you know, some of the other guys like, like the John Roms of the world who are playing out of their minds. So right. I, I love it. I, I, I can't wait. I will be there on Saturday and Sunday checking in Well, checking in on Saturday and watching all day Sunday. Uh, I, it's, it's, Hey, Easter Sunday for those who are celebrating Easter. Happy Easter. We got Passover this week. Happy Passover. But most important, we got the Masters. So with the Masters, obviously Scheffler is the favorite as he you know, has been yes. for quite some time over all these tournaments. Um, are you rolling with the favorite? Do you have some a yes. sneaky pick who's, who's I, coming in? I, I, I really like, really like Scotty Scheffler. I mean, the, the way he's playing this year. Uh, and especially when he comes to these ma- these um, major, major tournaments, tournaments. He's yeah, so he's, good. he locks in. Yeah. You know, you, you can't count John Rahm out. Although the Masters is not as much about hitting the ball as long as possible, but really, you know, making some really pinpoint shots. Uh, watch out for guys like Justin Rose, uh, uh, Jason Day, like some of these guys, like you know, who just have performed well. You know, Sergio, like guys that have performed well at the Masters, always seem to have another good run at the masters. So usually it's people that have been there before Cam Smith, Cam Young, like guys that have had success at the masters always seem to have success at the masters. It's very rarely a guy out of nowhere. Right. And, and that's what you just said, you know, all these guys that have either won major tournaments before big names, you know, in golf and and definitely some veterans there. Um, Any, any odds on uh, my guy, Jordan Spieth? Is he, you know, he's Uh, been playing a little better. He's playing better. He's just not winning. Like, not winning. I would put odds that, J- that Jordan Smith would finish in the top 10. I wouldn't bet on odds that he wins the tournament. Gotcha. All right. We'll roll with Spieth to finish top 10. That's my Masters okay. bet. You take Scheffler there. Um, we'll come back next week after uh, the weekend tournament. Uh, let's move on now. Let's transition to some basketball. Let's go to the NBA as our season is winding down and we're getting into that playoff mode. Playoff pictures coming in uh, to you know to our eyes, and a couple more teams are clinching playoffs. A couple more teams are getting eliminated from the playoffs um, every day now. The New York Knicks are the newest team; they they can clinch the playoff spot. Looks like they'll be locked into that fifth seed. And right now, unless some dramatic fall off from Philly, it looks like the only really you know locked in matchup right now um, is that four five game, the Cleveland Cavaliers against the New York Knicks. I Really am intrigued by that first round series. It's oh, two teams, my. two teams that have you know played, I, I think above you know expectations this year, especially 
in my opinion, the Knicks, the Cavs were, you know, trading for Donovan Mitchell. They were ready to take that next step. And they're right where, you know, a lot of us thought they'd be that 4C behind those three powerhouses in the East. The Knicks being the 5C this year, you know, I understand Brooklyn, you know, traded their guys, but Miami, you know, not being above them, you know, that's this that's a big deal. Toronto, Atlanta, these are teams that I think all slated to be better than the Knicks this year, but Julius Randle had other ideas, and Jalen Brunson turned out to be this unreal signing, which, you know, I still love uh, for them. I think he dropped 48 the other night um, to clinch them a playoff spot, and you have an intriguing first-round matchup in the East there uh, between the Cavs and the Knicks. Do, do you find it weirder that the Knicks are going to finish in fifth or that Brooklyn, after getting rid of their two best players, will end up not probably playing in a playing game, but being locked in at that sixth seed? I, I'm, uh, I'm mesmerized by that. I'm not that surprised because we talked about the haul that they got back and how well yeah. Mikel Bridges is playing and Cam Johnson and, and, and these guys have been playing good. So I'm not... And they, and we forget Brooklyn was what the number two seed when they did that three seed when yeah. they did that when when they traded Katie and Kyrie so I'm not surprised they fell all the way down there Miami's having an unbelievably uh, disappointing year being around 500 no one's really taking them you know serious uh, this year um, Atlanta you know the whole Trey Young incident with you know with 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 the coach earlier in the season firing him and the, they just really haven't been on board um, this year and then. You know, really every team in the play-in, you could talk about having a disappointing season in the East. Chicago. Toronto, yeah. and, and Chicago is probably the most disappointing. They're going to sneak in, um, mm-hmm. you know, to that 10 spot. But, you know, they're, they're – no, no one's taking them serious. That team's – that roster is really good. But no one no one thinks that they can, you know, if they get in, they're going to beat Boston or Milwaukee in the, the first round. It's not happening. So, you know, all these East teams, it's – it's dis- we can talk about how disappointing their seasons were. But at the end of the day, when we're talking about playoffs – you know, we're, we're really not considering anybody, you know, down there in the East. Uh, the only team not eliminated on the recording of this episode is the Orlando Magic. Uh, just wow. to put that out there, just to put that out there. You know, they have to win out, and the Chicago uh, Bulls do have to lose out. Funny thing about that statistic is the Magic own the Bulls pick. So I guess it's a win-win. You make the playoffs. <laughs> it is a win-win. Pick. I don't know. So, you know, the, the Magic are in a good spot right now. You know, we, we, we've been, we've been trying young. to mention them. I've been trying to mention them here and there. It's it's a good young squad. They've had a yeah. really good record over the last you know half of the season, um, so that that's definitely something to look forward there. We'll obviously talk about you know after the playoffs, the lottery and stuff because it's a huge draft with Victor Wembanyama um, being that number one guy. This is you know one of the best prospects we've ever seen coming out of uh, France. Um, so Which, th- th- this is a big draft and a big lottery you know for for these teams. <laughs> Have they come up with a nickname for him? Is he the French freak? Is he the like what like French freak? You know, I, I you know, you know, French unicorn, uh, some, something like that. You know, I, he is he right really now. Is AJ, just, I'm putting you on the spot right now. In five years, will he be better than Giannis? I mean, I that's I, that's a crazy question. Um, I, that's why I threw it out there. So much hype. Giannis probably, didn't come in I mean, with the hype. Giannis is is a you know, really one in a once in a lifetime type of player. Um, I think he's different than Giannis. I think he's different than Giannis. I mean, this is a guy that's like seven foot four, keeps growing, probably be seven five by the draft, and you know, shoots the three, has some unbelievable you know handles and moves. I mean, this is like this is this this is Giannis now. Mm-hmm. Giannis when he came in the league, you know, was a nobody, was a you know mid first round pick. And yep. took a long time to get, you know, get into form. 
this is a guy that's going to come in. He's going to be an all-star maybe year one, year two. I mean, this is a guy <laughs> that's going to come in and dominate. So maybe, yeah, you know, if in five years he could be better than Giannis, but you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I guess that's what's, what comes with high, uh, with high praise is you get that, you get those comparisons and, you know, yeah. he's going to have to live up to it. We'll see about, you know, who gets him in the lottery, but um, that is, that is for after playoffs to the West. Now um, some more teams that are clinching playoffs, Sacramento, obviously we talked about breaking one of those, the longest streaks uh, oh, longest yeah. droughts in uh, an NBA playoff history. So that is, you know, really good. We, see them. There. We finally they're, get to see. We finally get to see De'Aaron Fox in a playoff game. Yeah. Right. It looks like they're going to get the three seed. That's a huge mm-hmm. win for Sacramento. What a year you know they've had, and now they're going to look to make some noise in the playoffs. They're not really satisfied with just making the playoffs. There, they have a really good team to compete in the West. There, um, and then once you drop off there, Phoenix has won a couple games lately, so they have that four seed. But that fifth through ten seed we talked about, you know, is a three game difference with just a couple games to play. Um, Dallas still looks on the outside looking in. There are reports that Dallas may just call it quits, you know, wave the white flag. I, I don't understand that. Start you, resting Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic because it just looks like they have quit. It looks like the team has quit, and they've come to accept that this isn't working. It hasn't worked, and they're going to reassess in the offseason what needs to be done in, in Dallas. I'll never understand this, okay? You're one game out of a playoff spot. You have three games left. You have every chance once you're in a play-in game. You have any ch- as much chance to win the Nash or the championship as anybody else. Why would you give up like this? I can't even get my head around this at all. If it's a game left and and you know, hey, you're playing Denver and you know you're on the road and there's a really good likelihood that if somebody else wins, you know, you're out. I would understand the whole like, all right, it, this isn't happening. You get three games, right. you're down, you're out one game. This doesn't make any sense, man. Come on, Cuban. Yeah. This is crap. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird kind of scenario in Dallas because no one expected them to be here. This was like we're, they were supposed to be talking about, you know, trying to get to the top four seed in the West, you know, after this Kyrie trade. And it's really been the exact opposite. Um, they're thankful to have their first round pick this year because I know that they're definitely probably looking at their picks the next couple years. You know, there's not a lot of draft capital there. So I think what Dallas is looking at this year, maybe they need some young players. Maybe they can get lucky, get a top 10 pick, get a, this is a really strong draft class outside of Wimbanyana. Um, So they can, you know, get a young guy to play, you know, keep Kyrie another year, have Luca come back and, and just kind of regroup because it didn't work this year. I think they realized the roster they have right now isn't going to do anything in the playoffs. So maybe they could get your boy Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, Taylor Hendricks, put him on the Mavs. You know, that's a big three right there. I'd love that um, for <laughs> sure. Um, the other teams in the play-in, Minnesota, uh, Oklahoma City, the Pelicans without Zion, and then the Lakers are really moving up right now. They are playing really good basketball. Um, 40 yeah. and 38, they've solidified, you know, a playoff spot pretty much. And they're one game out of, of moving up to even that fifth seed um, as as the Clippers are only one game above them. You know, the, the Lakers... You know, this has really been Anthony Davis having a really exceptional year all uh, you know all year long. Has definitely missed some time with injury, but you can tell that when Anthony Davis is on the floor, um, you know, there, there's there's a huge impact that he's he's really you know taking over the game. He's 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 putting up the you know the stats. He's filling the box score up, and and you know we're we're finally seeing the Anthony Davis um, that we once knew. Um, after a couple of years of, of really not playing, like we, we, we know how Anthony Davis can play. That's right. And Anthony Davis is the key, right? 
I mean, at some point you have to say, LeBron, we'll take anything you can give us, but this, it has to go through your 30 year, you know, your 20, whatever he is, 29, 30 year old, you know, all-star right. center. It has to, I mean, he's got to lead this team to the prom or at least to some version of the promised land. Uh, you put this all on LeBron and, and it will not go as well. No. Yeah. I, I agree is, you know, hundred percent. Um, and right now LeBron's easing his way back into things. Um, they played the Rockets the other night as a, you know, commanding win. LeBron didn't have his best night, but Anthony Davis picks him up and goes for 40 and 10, um, which, you know, is, is great to see there. You know, Rui Hachimura has definitely become a great bench piece. We said that at some of these trades, the Lakers made the D'Angelo Russell trade, you know, getting Jared Vanderbilt, like they were just steals of trades because it fixed all their needs uh, from, from, from bench pieces and role players. You know, they got all these, you know, old veterans that were on minimum yep. contracts and got like actual good role players and good bench pieces so the Lakers had an excellent deadline we said that this team you know should be playing better than they were already and then they just improved their roster Vanderbilt Russell Reeves has really come in to be the third guy from this team um and this team is now let's put it this way Mm -hmm. if you're the Memphis Grizzlies are you crapping in your pants yeah look the Memphis Grizzlies and John Moran are gonna sit up here and they're gonna talk we're not scared of the Lakers we're they should damn well be scared of the Lakers. You know, this is a team that should be up there as a top, you know, four or five seed in the East. And who knows? They might finish as the fifth seed in, or in, in, in the West there. So they play the Clippers um, on Wednesday. Um, that'll be a huge game. Let's say they get that fifth seed, a four or five matchup of the Suns Lakers in the first round. You know, the, the, the look, Suns, Memphis, Denver, please, please. any team does not want to play the Lakers right now. No. You do not want to play that team. Um, I would rather – I honestly would rather see the Lakers be in the playing game, win the playing game, and play Memphis. I think that would be a – I think that would be an epic series. And I'd yeah, love to I see agree. John I Morant think, show up. Yeah, that that would be a really electric series there. You know, th- there's a lot of teams in the West right now that I think are, are fading a little. Like these teams, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State. Golden you know, State. Th- those are – Colton State needs to wake the hell up. Yeah, those are teams that right now you're like, eh, I, I wouldn't mind playing right now in, in, in the West. The Lakers, you don't want to play in the West yep. right now. And I'm telling you, a Phoenix, Lakers first-round matchup, just like it was, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, um, would be really good because I think the Lakers are coming stronger. Obviously, the Suns are coming stronger with KD now. Um, yep. And that would just be, you know, a, a really strong series there to open up the playoffs. So uh, we will, you know, we, we have fun. a couple weeks left. Um, and then, you know, playoffs, I believe, begin maybe early as next week, um, I believe. Yeah, I want to I say they start like the 12th or something like that. Like, I think we've got basically like a week, week and a half till they start. Right. All right. Well, I'm excited. You know, I, I, I really think that some that this is a year usually in the NBA. You know, we don't see a lot of upsets in terms of, you know, eight, seven, six seeds. You know, especially yep. in that Western Conference, look how everyone is so closely, you know, aligned. There's going to be, you know, half a game difference between, you know, fifth and, and ninth place. Those Beautiful. playing teams, you win a couple games, you get hot going to the playoffs. Those guys can make some noise. Definitely. Um, for sure. So we'll keep they, an eye on, listen, on that. Top, so a couple of top seeds are going to go down. There's no doubt about it. There's too much parity in the game right now. I agree. All right, let's keep going now. Let's go to college basketball. We'll start with the women's national championship that I'll let you speak on um, a little more than me um, because you ended up watching that entire game. I was getting updates 
the whole day while I was, you know, chilling at the beach um, when, <laughs> when you were, you know, watching this game and telling me how LSU was great and Caitlin Clark's great, but LSU's as a team is, is really, you know, uh, you know, one of the best you've ever seen. And yeah. it seemed like an entertaining game based on what you were, you know, what you were texting me. I'll tell you this much. You know, I was lucky that I got to watch the Ranger game. We got a win against Washington. And then it went right in. Literally, it ended when the women's was starting. It was like a perfect Sunday. <clears throat> the It was so much more enjoyable than last night's men's basketball game. Wow. I, I, I can't put this more into perspective. I have never in 52 years of life watched an entire women's basketball game from start <laughs> to finish. I watched every second of this game. I don't know if it was the, the, I mean, obviously the lore of Caitlin Clark drew me in. I didn't know anything about LSU. Nothing. This team two years ago had nine wins. Nine. Last year, they got Kim Mulkey, who was a three-time, you know, uh, uh, title winner at Baylor. She came into LSU, was kind of her hometown. She went to Louisiana, played at Louisiana Tech. She came, comes to Louisiana, LSU. She recruits, she keeps all the seniors. They win 22 games last year. And they had one returning player, and she goes out in the transfer portal and brings in all these other players. This team was a bunch of ballers. When I tell you I have never seen shooting like this in my life, they were – 54% from the field. They were 65% from three-point land. <laughs> 65%. They were 11 of 17 from three-point land. It was a unbelievable game. It was so, you know, between there's two really good players on LSU, right? There's um Alexis Morris, and then there is uh the other one, um uh Angel Reese. Mm-hmm. Angel Reese is, do you know that she has 34 double doubles this year? No men or no woman has ever done that in Division I history in one season. Like, that's how much this woman is a beast on the boards. Every time the ball was shot, she jumped up and just seemed to like – it was like Oscar Suibe. She just grabbed the ball, and there was no chance of anybody else getting it. Yeah, I mean, there was two legendary women's college basketball players playing in this game, like two of the best of all time. Yes. I mean, two phenomenal players. Caitlin Clark was great. I mean, 30 points. She was shooting some, you know, Steph Curry, you know, 26, 27 foot deep three pointers. She willed her way and kept this team into it where I am so mad. And I'm sure this has been talked about on every sports radio show since the game is we were robbed by the worst officiated game I have ever seen. You want to talk about ticky-tack fouls to the star players? Like, you want to watch the star players win, win or lose this on the court and be in the game the whole four quarters. Their best, their second-best player, Monica Sonorno, she fouled out with, like, six minutes to go. Two terrible foul calls on her. They gave a technical to Caitlin Clark for taking the ball after uh, Monica fouled out and just kind of rolled the ball behind the basket. Didn't say a freaking word to the ref. They teed her up and gave her another technical. So she was in foul trouble. She had to sit early in the second quarter for foul trouble. Like, it was so bad. The two best players for LSU sat almost the entire second quarter because of foul trouble. Like, it was, it was so pathetic. And, you know, the... The coach of LSU was barking and screaming at the rest. She wasn't teed. It, it just, it was pathetic officiating. That yeah. being said, I don't want to take anything away. LSU was dominant. LSU was phenomenal. They had a player come off the bench 
uh, Carson, big, you know, golden hair. She went nuts. She scored 21 points in the first quarter. She averages five points a game. <laughs> she had 21 when points. When you're on your own, I mean. She couldn't miss. In fact, the last the last shot of the first half, she chucked it up at the as the buzzer, and it banked in for a three-pointer. That's how much she was on. It was a phenomenal game. I give all the credit to LSU. I, I just have one last thing to say. Jill Biden was there, the first lady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she was at the game. And after the game, she made the most ridiculous comment I have ever heard. She said, I want to invite both, both LSU and Iowa to the White House. She wants to bring Iowa back because of good sportsmanship and what a wonderful tournament run they've had. Is that the biggest BS on the history of the world? Like, LSU, you won, you beat down this team, you deserve all the respect in the world. A team that has not been respected all year. I, I found it completely tone deaf. Like, I, oh, I, it was awful. You know, the... the uh, it, yeah, this is this is women's college basketball. This isn't the YMCA. No, um, there's no participation I, trophies. Like there's no there's have no. We've forgotten that winning is all that matters. Have it's all that, matters. that, and, that we play to win. Obviously, you know that the you know there was a big controversy over uh, Angel Reese giving like the the no look and the ring look, finger and everything. I, I do. I did see that. I have something to yeah. say about that. Okay, good. I'll let you call first, and then there. I'll, uh, in look in my experience of sports, I wasn't necessarily a you know a shit talker, a smack talker, but you know I could if you pissed me off, I could you know I could I could dish it back. Yeah, and that's where I stand on smack talk is if you dish it, which Caitlin Clark, as good of a player as she is, she's a smack Dishes talker. Dishes it like the she's a smack man. talker. She uh-huh. she she's all of it. So if she's you like, dish it, you you gotta take it. So I. I'm all for it, you know. If and Kaylin Clark, Kaylin Clark did not have any issue with it, no issue and with it. No, and and she shouldn't, as she right. knows, and as probably other you know people that love to get into people's head, whoever. That's I'm all for that, but if it doesn't work out for you and someone else, yeah, it, you know, you, it doesn't affect them, and and they get to you, you know, like you got to take it, you know. That's that's how sports works. That, that's how smack talking works. So 100%. I liked it. I think I'm all for it. You know, I I, I think that if it. it you know that that's how it is. She she won the game and, and she Angel she outplayed Reese. her to win and and that's how it works. Angel Reese, you be you, man. Yeah, I agree. Listen, you won. Caitlin, you said it right. Caitlin Clark is the biggest smack talker on the planet. Yeah, I mean, she, she lost. She got it back to her. Good for Angel Reese. I don't have any issue whatsoever. Listen, yep. look, th- this was such an impactful women's tournament. It put women's basketball on the map. It look, became part of the lexicon and the talking of every talk show. Good for them, man. It was, it was, it was must watch TV. Yeah. I mean, when you, uh, to, to finish off the women's tournament, and the women's season, you know, th- this was a, this was a season where people like myself who don't watch women's ba- college basketball and don't keep up, keep up with the sport and don't know any players and, and don't, you know, understand or, or keep up with the sport. When you yeah. see clips of Caitlin Clark trending on ESPN, trending on sports centers, Twitter, and, and going around, and, and you have people like me watching them and watching it over again. And every time now I see K- Clayton, you know, Caitlin Clark do, does it again, I'm I have to click on that video and watch. That should tell you something about what kind of player and what what kind of transcendent player that Caitlin Clark is and what she's done for the sport. That was the most watched women's college basketball game of all time. 
yep. of all time. Ten million viewers, I believe, were were the, the average there. I mean, that is scored, insane. The girl scored one hundred and ten points in the last three games. Yeah, I mean, just just incredible stuff. A lot of respect, and she is only a junior, Caitlin I'm Clark, and you can't I'm leave in in women's college basketball until you uh, play all four years. So she will be yeah. back. Yep. And I'm assuming that she'll be doing, you know, unbelievable stuff next year. So, you know, the Listen, next year is going to be great because be tuning in as you, well. Both LSU starts are coming back too, right? right. I mean, all, all, I think all but like three players on LSU are returning. All but two players on Iowa are returning. Indiana was great. South Carolina is going to retool. Paige Beckers and their other best player on UConn will be back from injury and fully healthy. Women's college games in a good place. Yeah, it's exciting to see, you know, definitely – you know, some some of these, you know, women athletes are, are, are taking the spotlight. So it's good to see there. Yeah. But we had the men's game last night, uh, championship game where UConn took the crown, took the trophy, was never a doubt. I enjoyed the game, though. I really did. The, I, you know, the I, one time I was in doubt was when they, they, you know, when Matt Bradley scored, got it down to six on the steal. Right. They made that yeah. run. You yeah. know, I mean, the, the, the first half was dominated by UConn. SDSU had a little, you know, stretch where I think it was eight, nine minutes where they didn't score a field goal. Um, 11. 11. You know, we can talk and be like SDSU's offense. You know, they don't run a good offense, offense this. And this UConn team, great offensive team, great offensive team. They're even better of a defensive team than they are offensively. It's yeah. unbelievable how, you know, just in, in the term I use, they are clamps. This is a team that puts down the clamps. I mean, inside, SDSU was, for whatever reason, their game plan early on was to try to get inside and back down Sonoga <laughs> and back down uh, the backup guy, uh, Klingen, uh, Klingen. Uh, Cal Calletter or whatever. Donovan uh, his, Klingen. Or Klingen, yeah, yeah, Donovan Klingen. And their, 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 their plan was to back them down, you know, and, and beat them in the post. I was like, and they're putting up, you know, 10-foot hook shots, clanging off the backboard. I'm like, what are they doing right now? This isn't going to work. You know, Sonoga and Klingon are two of the best big men in the country, and they just sub each other out, and not, you know, and, and they, they're both forces yep. down low. So yep. I, I didn't know what SDSU was trying to do. They made that run, like you said. I thought it was entertaining because SDSU came to play. They played yep. very hard. They played tough. They tried their best defensively. UConn just hits tough shots, man. This this is a team that you don't have to – they don't have to have room or have wide-open shots. Man, you give them one inch of space. I mean, uh, Tristan Newton, who I've watched for two years now at, at East Carolina, you know, Torch, yep. uh, the good old UCF Knights there, I didn't even know he transferred to UConn, ends up being, you know, one of the best players, the tournament for them yeah. um, in that aspect. Jordan Hawkins, man. So has good. moved up, has moved so up good. on my draft board. Definitely 100%. should be a lottery pick. This guy, I can, I saw it especially in last night's game. You know the the professionalism that that he can definitely bring to an NBA the team. I mean, this guy's just his shot. The he's just a smooth shooter. He's oh. a smooth shooter. He gets to his spots. He moves without the ball. You know, really an excellent performance from him. Um, and I thought UConn, what they did was they 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 were dominating the game. SDSU had that run. And, and then UConn got back to what they did um, the whole tournament, which was they really, you know, beat down on teams because of getting to the free throw line. Uh, and they were 24 from 27 from the free throw line here. Um, it seemed like there was a, you know, SDSU had to keep that pressure on. They were like, they made that run. Let's keep the pressure on. 
and they, they, they put a little too much pressure on. You had some ticky-tack fouls, got into the bonus really quick. They got into the bonus. UConn got into the bonus with 12 minutes left. You get into you the bonus with 12 minutes left you in a college game. There's too many fouls. There's too many, you know, you know, free ways points. to get a call. Three points. It's free points. And it is free points. And for UConn was one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. It came in clutch. You missed three three free throws, make 24. It's just a recipe for the win. They really knew how to keep calm in that moment, not not get too, you know, uh, dismantled. And they they went on a run of their own, ends up winning by 17. An absolutely dominant tournament run uh, yeah. for UConn. So a couple of really cool things. They, they in the final four, in the, and actually in the previous four games, UConn has trailed by five minutes. I mean, it's, un- it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's unreal. <clears throat> they won every game in double figures. <clears throat> Sorry, no voice here. <clears throat> They've lost. I mean, they won every game in double figures. They were one of the most exciting offensively proficient teams I have seen in quite some time. You know, what's amazing about Dan Hurley and, and what he has, he's got nine athletes that can run so many different types of sets. Right. right. Lots of ball screens, lots of movement, lots of get it into Sonogo. And Sonogo is such a smart player that if he has leverage, he turns around. Yeah, he turns around, he scores. If not, he dishes it out to the guy for the three. Right. It was it was just magical to watch. Defensively, yes, I, I thought they were so much better than I was expecting them to be. But I was so impressed with them offensively, you know, between Newton and um, and Jordan Hawkins and, you know, the two big centers. But it was just some of the role players like, you know, um, you know, I want to call him Calcutta, you know, uh, Calcaretta, whatever his name is. I mean, he's just such a smooth shooter as well. The movement yeah. without the ball is what impresses yeah, me it's, so much. It is. It's super impressive. I mean, they they, they know, you know, they, they know that they believe in their offensive sets and they believe that, you know, they're they're so together as a team that they know exactly what they're running and they know where guys are going to be off back screens and and cuts and you know it's 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 really you know like it's 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 like an art to watch you know almost this this team this team was really good you know and all season long they had the little slip up in in conference play but this team started 14 and 0 it was the best team all year um you know looking back now and obviously an, a dominating tournament run you really have to look at this team as, you know, going down in the, the all-time list as one of the best, you know, uh, you know, college teams in just terms of, of, of the team, you know, and how dominant they were in, in the tournament. I mean, this is, this is a team that, 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 like you said, won by double digits, you know, every game in the tournament. Really, you know, if they ever got close, you know, teams go on runs, they, they just went on one back, you know, and then they, they didn't panic. Free throws is huge for college teams, you know. You see how many college teams lose because they can't hit a free throw in the final two minutes. Um, and, and, you know, this team didn't have that issue. You know, 24 for 27. It's a, like a 90% team free throw shooting team. So, you know, they, had, they really had everything going for them. They shot the ball well. They worked inside. You know, I, I, I think every college basketball team should look at this team and, and, and kind of build their roster like it. Every team should have a backup 7-2 center. Every team should. It should be a, be a, a. It should be a. You know, a mandatory thing. It's funny you said it's, that because I literally struck the team. One of the three final comments I was going to have was about every college coach should be looking at the way they do offense and find a way to mirror it. I mean, I Dan Hurley is giving you a game plan for success out there. 
Um, yeah. And I just it, the other teams just don't run it the way they run it. I mean, obviously nope. they have the horses, but I mean, you know, Sonogo is such an amazing player. Like, you know, he's only a junior. I, I don't know if he's going to come out or not, um, but definitely going to the NBA. I mean, th- this is this. Yeah, I mean, very hard pressed not to be on somebody's team. I mean, I, the way his motor and his energy and his size and and girth, I, yeah. I would put him on my team at all. Yeah, I mean, Hawkins is the only guy that you know is going to declare, and I'm sure this tournament has boosted him up into the probably the top 20, maybe top 15. I'm I'm very high on him now. I mean, this is a guy that can that can develop into a starting player in the NBA. Um, you know, he's really the only guy that's for sure leaving. Sonoga, like you said, is a junior. We don't know yeah. about him. Jackson already said that he's staying. He's you know, this junior. might be a team. This might be a team that looks around and says, "Let's let's run it back." Let's you know, back. we're let's run it back. They Why definitely not? can. They have a, like you said, top recruiting class. So, they, you know, listen, I, that's their, that's their fifth they do. title. That's their fifth title. Obviously, right. they like playing in Texas because four of them have happened in Texas. Fifth title in 24 years with three different coaches. They obviously right. are locked and loaded. And, you know, the, they're one away from Duke, you know, with, with their, you know, and no, not Duke, God, they're tied with Duke. They're one away from North Carolina, six. So, why not run it back and try to get it while the yeah, team I mean, is yeah, as the, good as it is? Yeah, and, and, and UConn, well, it was funny to me, you know, how it was, you know, New Bloods last year and then this year was – or Blue Bloods last year and the New yeah. Bloods this year. Um, yeah. Is UConn – I'm looking back now. I was watching a a uh, interview with, with, with Coach K. He was with mm-hmm. Colin Coward. He was like – he basically said, is UConn not a Blue Blood? Like he was – the, the legendary Duke coach was saying, is UConn not a Blue – like this team has dominated the last 20 years of college basketball, five – national championships i mean that's pretty yeah. impressive and so and you, know, you know when you really, talk about the dukes and the villanovas and the right. you know north carolinas they got to be mentioned there as well well and i think that the thing that people forget especially people your age is that when jim calhoun was the coach back when i was growing up right he was there for like 25 whatever years they were right. a, a dominant program every year you know they okay. only won you know two titles under him but at the same token they were always a powerhouse you know right. this is as blue blood as it gets I agree, and it's uh, you know it, it leads to a interesting time now in college basketball. We we just previewed the next year. Mm-hmm. Teams are moving to the Big Twelve. Teams are you know moving Pac Twelve. Teams are moving SEC. See a lot of movement. No, I know, but did you also see how many te- how many players are in the portal, the transfer portal? Not only Every the transfer, not different. only not only the transfer portal. You got a lot of not the not the top top guys. You got some. Guys in the you know high school recruits that are doing some late changes now to teams. A lot of movement in college basketball this year. It's going to be a very interesting year coming up. Big yeah. Twelve teams getting added. Um, you know a lot of a lot of guys in the transfer portal that are trying to uh, uh, move to some of those you know sure. teams um, what, at the next what, what in the bigger like, conferences. What about like an FAU? They're moving to the American. Right, you don't right. think that they're going to start get with with the amount of publicity that that team got this year? There aren't going to mm-hmm. be a couple guys that go. Mm, that seems like a cool place, and I'll play for Dusty May. Right, and a lot of guys that are using that extra year, that COVID year, or the, you know their their extra injury year. There's there's so many you know extra years you can use and be, be a fifth or sixth year senior in college basketball nowadays. Hunter Dickinson is a guy we've seen forever at Michigan. He's in the transfer portal. He will play another year, probably not at Michigan. There's um, you know, we, we, Max Admus, I think, is a fifth-year guy this year. I who, feel like he's know, been in college forever. He yeah. stunned us at Oral Roberts with beating Ohio <laughs> State that one year, and and he's going to transfer, try to make a name for himself at a at a bigger school. So, 
Is you DeAndre Williams finally getting out of college? From Memphis? I believe DeAndre Williams is okay. leaving at, college. At but... 26, is, is he has he used up all of his eligibility? I think he. I definitely think he did. But there's a lot okay. of big names. You know, a lot of guys in the portal this year. So we'll we'll come back next. You know, season we'll take the summer off, focus on on the pro sports there. But yep. college basketball will be here soon enough. Um, yep. And and just an amazing tournament, really one you know to be remembered. Um, with you know the great FAU run and SDSU getting all the way to the the, the final um, there, Miami. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think, like you said, FAU is gonna not only attract guys and get some transfers to make their team better, and their whole team is pretty much returning. There was a, it wasn't a very old team. They only had one or two seniors, um, but FAU is also gonna create a, you know, a, a a staple for how these like mid major teams can really get into the tournament, and anything could happen. You know, that this is a team that I think believed in themselves from day one and no one took them serious because they were in a small conference, but you know, they were, they were confident. I think maybe, I, I think two things can be true. Yeah. They didn't play in a strong conference, but when you rack up wins and you win 30 games in a year, the confidence really, you know, makes you believe you can do everything. You can really do anything, beat any team. And it showed they got to a almost, you know, championship game, uh, but an yeah. unbelievable run, a great tournament, you know, really, really entertaining. So no, a hundred percent. And you know, it, it's not like they didn't play anybody. I mean, they did play Ole Miss, you know, at a conference, you know, they did play, uh, what should we call it? Uh, UTEP. They played, you know, um, I'm trying to remember who else, like I was looking at it before they, they played a couple of other teams outside of their conference that are, are typically decent programs. They played Florida, obviously they beat Florida. So it's not like they just, you know, completely played cupcake schedule. All right, but their conferences, you know, Conference USA is not yeah, the greatest yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to see they're going to be tested in the American. That's for sure. Yeah, no, they'll come to the American. It'll be a more difficult, you know, but we'll see if they can come back and, and you know, have that same team um, this year. Um, as we get to later in the week, um, on next episode, we will get into NFL draft coverage because we really need to be start talking about that. Rumors are flying. Um, even this morning, I'm seeing some. The Texans might not take a quarterback at two now. What is that all about? The Titans want to trade up for a quarterback. The Colts are high on Will Levis. They want to take him at like four. I don't know. The rumors are going crazy right now, and it's only April 4th. It's all smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. That's why we love the draft. What is real and what is not? Nothing's real until the day that they say Houston's pick is in. And guess what? DeAndre Hopkins still has been traded. So he hasn't been traded and Aaron Rodgers is still not a chip. Crazy stuff. Uh, We'll be (laughs) back Friday. Uh, We'll talk NFL draft. All right.